Hi everyone, welcome back. This is Latinas from the block to the boardroom. This has been a long week, but it's been an intense informational podcasting week for me and I'm very excited to end this week with a very interesting guest. Her name is Lydia Champollet and she is the founder and CEO of Cross Pods. It is a podcasting directory, but she's also an electrical engineer and an aviator. She has a pilot's license. So we are going to talk about all things fun of being on the internet, your data privacy, and what that means moving forward in COVID-19 in our era of being tested. So sit back, get educated, and let's get started. So before we get started on today's podcast, I just want to thank everyone for supporting Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom podcast. Please subscribe to the newsletter so we can keep you updated on current events, new businesses that will be starting during this COVID-19 period, and also some success stories that I would like to start tracking with you. They might even be yourself. And you can also follow me on Instagram, which is Latinas B2B, and also Twitter, which is Latinas B2B. So thank you again, and let's listen. Today, I have a very special guest, as all my guests are special, but Lydia Champole. I said it very Spanish. I'm going to say it again. My special <laughs> guest today is Lydia Champole. She is the CEO and founder of CrossPods. And this is a podcasting directory where she is helping to cultivate a community where she inspires individuals, where they can share their experiences and teach their purpose. She's been podcasting for four years and she has three pods going. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, one of them is kind of on the back burner, but... I'm hoping to make it come back soon, so. No worries. She yeah. is also an electrical engineer and has an aviation pilot's license. I do. Oh my goodness. So let me see, you have a podcasting directory, you're an electrical engineer and you fly planes. Awesome. All right, so. <laughs> Thank you. So she's joining me today because we came together through her podcast that she produced. It was her first one. And it's called Creepy Tech. And Creepy Tech is an amazing podcast because we get into the nitty gritty of data privacy and other tech issues. But it's mostly around what is behind the information that you put into your phone, what you do in social media, when you purchase things that say, hey, agree and accept these terms and there is like 8,000 pages of things you don't want to read and so you just click the button. So today Lydia is going to explain to us about these data privacy issues and why creepy tech exists. So thank you Lydia. I'm sorry for that long introduction but you're doing some amazing stuff and tell me a little bit more about creepy tech. What is creepy tech all about? So creepy tech is basically just to look into everything that we're agreeing to when it comes to using technology, because it, it makes our life easier. But at the end of the day, we have to realize that we are actually very valuable to companies, our behavior, our interest, yep. what we talk to our friends about, mm -hmm. what we watch, that kind of stuff is very important when it comes to marketing, sales, like Companies want our data. They really do. And we just, we're not prepared and we're not educated on 
how they're going to use these things. So Creepy Tech is just a weekly deep dive into different things that we're using and how those are going to affect society, how it's going to affect our mental health. So many Mm -hmm. intertwined aspects of just being a human being. So Mm -hmm. Creepy Tech is, yeah. Wow. What made you want to pursue this path about wanting to understand all this data privacy issues and tracking our behaviors and data into technology. Because me, for one, my eyes were opened when I was at Google big time because that just said, oh my goodness. I didn't realize to the global capacity and it just really impacted me. And then also with people of color and how all the data and just people on the inside, Mm -hmm. how they're running the show, and there are not a lot of people of color. But yet they're in all these countries tracking a lot of data, right? And I can't talk about projects, but the thing is, they are tracking the entire world. And if people don't know that, uh, if they think Google is just a search engine and you're just using their Gmail for free and all these other things, no. you have another thing coming because it's just a Google universe. That's all I'm going to say. It's not planet Earth. It's planet Google, FYI. <laughs> the strangest thing is you could ask just like a random person on the road and or on the street and they would not know that Google actually like track your email. Mm-hmm. They can your emails completely it's mm-hmm. it's actually insane so everything that you're searching it's what you're thinking so they're technically mm-hmm. side of your brain right like and analyzing what you're thinking about how that impacts the decisions you make mm-hmm. when you're typing it into google that's literally what you're thinking and they're inside of your brain and they can use that to figure out how you make your decisions figure out mm-hmm. news articles they need to put in front of you So that Mm -hmm. decide to do one thing as opposed to the other one. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many things that this impacts or that, that it influences so that you can behave how they want you to behave. And it goes, it's the same thing for social media sites, to be honest. Like you just have to be really sure that you want to share that amount of data with anybody, any big company, really. I totally hear you. And this is something that I, I've been wanting to discuss for such a long time. And I'm so glad I found you because you really can break it down. You understand. And you have a whole podcast about it. Just constant episodes, right? That keep talking about it, right? Oh, yeah. And it's so much fun just looking into the things that you wouldn't believe exists at this time. Like what? Ooh, let's see. Um, have you heard of Holosonics? No, what is that? Okay, so a few years ago, this company came out with this marketing... It's a speaker, um, but the sound isn't necessarily audible to people around you, mm. but they target it in a way that it's literally like a voice inside your head. What? Yeah. <laughs> You're walking through the store. They have this uh, promo video of the store and they have people walking and there's like a circle on the ground. And when that person walks through that circle, mm-hmm. they hear a voice inside their head telling them, don't those bananas look good? No, I don't believe you. I don't. It sounds like Minority Report. 
Did you remember Minority Report, the movie? And he's trying to escape and he's walking through the store and they're like, hello, Mr. So-and-so, wouldn't you like to buy this Lexus? And, you know, he's walking past all these stores and they're telling him all these things. Is that what you're talking about? Because that's what it sounds like. Nobody else outside of that circle can hear it. So you're looking around thinking like, I don't believe you. There is a YouTube video. I'm going to send it to you after this. Oh my God. That is freaky. That's freaky, creepy tech. That is is the opinion. So, you know, that brings up a really interesting thought for me in our home devices. Oh, Lord, the home devices. Oh, yeah. Alexa and Google Home. People think those things are so cool. When my parents got one, I said, you know, I just hope you know that everything you do and say is being totally tracked. And they said, what do you mean? Trust me. You know, they were they were like, no. And I'm like, oh, yes, 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 yes. They are listening. And it's being like time stamped foot. It's like a, a print in a database that says your name, all your interactions, the things you like. And who knows if that thing even goes off, right? <laughs> like they turn it off, but you know, it's probably still on. But like you heard about the Samsung TVs. What happened, there was a a voice activation in some of the Samsung TVs, right? And Xbox had that thing too, where it was actually sensing, like they have the motion sensors and when you move across it, it activates like the the video as well. And then it just- Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it market a that makes it sound like it's gonna make your life simpler. Mm Mm-mm need it. You need it to do your day-to-day things. So like you need it for scheduling, you need it for all these things. No. What I need is someone to do the dishes, to sweep the floor, and to do my laundry. That is what I need. And (laughs) I know there's this you know, internet of things and all this connectivity kind of stuff. But no, I mean like taking it from the hamper and putting it in the washer and and the dishes, loading the dishwasher, you know, those kinds of things when you're super busy. Um, you know, the home, the home devices, no. Uh, this device you're talking about, you walk through and it's talking to you is a little... And I have to say, I'm a big sci-fi person, and I love watching sci-fi movies like Machina. Ex Machina? Yeah, I loved watching Ex Machina. That was awesome. The other one was, well, I told you about Minority Report. That's futuristic. But these movies that are really telling a lot about the future, that movie Her, yeah. that was a little creepy. And it's happening now. I mean, we're talking to our phones right now saying, love me, love me, help me, help me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, and it's, it's doing things. So I don't know. The phone is your best friend, but it is your worst enemy. Correct? I agree. Yeah. I actually just mm-hmm. did an episode on artificial intelligence in the sense that it's like your best friend. So there's this app called Replica Mm -hmm. and it's an AI that you talk to like your best friend and it learns your behavior. It shares pictures with you. Like Mm -mm. you can literally send it videos, what you're thinking, what like what's going on in your life. And it 
learns. Mm-hmm. Talk to you like what you funny, what no. what makes you sad. Like it, it figures out. It's insane. But that's the epitome of creepy tech, right? Black Mirror. Yeah. Yeah, just how far technology is going to push us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find all of that kind of stuff very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of futuristic stuff. So sci-fi is definitely something you can, if you're, oh, that's never going to exist. Oh, it's coming somewhere. Or if it's not already here, how did they come up? They just don't make up these things. I mean, it's it's really here. It, you just got to find it. And when it comes out you know where you first saw it. Mm-hmm. I always feel like we're living in the matrix, to be quite honest, but I don't want to put myself out it, there. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, I was reading like some articles and they're saying that by the time that you see technology, that, you, it, that it has become a part of your day-to-day life, the government already had it for the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. Just thinking of the things that we currently have and how far 10 years can push us. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, it's incredible to think about. So, Well, you bring up a really interesting point about the government having our data previously for 10 years. And now with COVID-19 happening and we want to do a lot of testing, right? And we want to fuse the testing with a lot of tracking, right, of the people you came in contact with. But not only that, they want to also track you. And so the the medicine and the science of testing is becoming fused with technology. Oh, yeah. So the two are absolutely coming together. And I want to hear your take on this because... People don't understand that this is going to be, well, it already is getting piped up the uh, chain here on, um, you know, HIPAA and invasion of privacy, your data. But hey, folks, just to let you know, if you did the 23andMe, you're already in a database somewhere. I fall on the sword for one to be that person because I thought, oh yeah, I really want to know as we all do. But see, that's the lure, right? That's the lure. And now, as I said in a previous podcast with Carly Tompkins, who we talked about where your DNA lives Mm -hmm. once you give it away or when they study it in biopharma and research, which that is her major Mm -hmm. and how they want to test things of making new medicines, they don't have your consent either when you do that. I mean, you kind of say yes when you buy it and they kind of give you this whole thing like, you know, you're kind of giving away your DNA and some spit, but it's getting genetically coded into a database and it is living somewhere, right? And just to be clear, this has been happening for a long time and not just with DNA, but tracking through the churches, if I can just say that. Oh. So, yeah, through Ancestry.com because that's owned by, well, it was first owned by Latter-day Saints and now the Mormons. And now it's on the stock market. So basically, if you're, uh, it's being traded now, Ancestry.com. So your data is actually 
you know, you're a stock price now if you ever went to Ancestry.com, just FYI. But let me back up here. We're talking about COVID-19. I'm jumping ahead here. I'm going way off road. But I want you to tell us about the 23andMe data privacy because we've all done it. They were even dropping the price to get as many people as they could to say, hey, check this out. And now I get emails all the time about wanting to do research. You know, can you participate in a research study that we're doing. Yep. And I know you have to ask consent for research because I was doing research projects for Google and we had to ask people and have them sign these forms and this and that. And this is where I became pretty fascinated with how people were like, yeah, I'll do that because it's cool, right? It's a cool thing. Yeah. But yeah, tell us what they're really doing. Okay, 23andMe, for instance, there was actually an article, I believe, November 2019, discussing how sold the rights to some DNA sequencing that led to advancements in medicine, production, and creation, and all of that. And they state very clearly in their website that you are not, well, if you sign the privacy or if you agree to the terms of service, you're essentially giving away your rights to your DNA to any future monetary gain or share of profits from anything that they do make with your DNA. Mm -hmm. uh, you're also sharing your information, your DNA with any of their third party companies that they work with. Mm -hmm. So once that data is out there, once you say, I agree to this, it's sent to, I'm not even sure how many companies. Mm-hmm. There's no way. They tell you, oh, you can revoke or take back your agreement of the terms of service at any point, and then we'll stop sharing your data. Well, your your data is already out there. Mm -hmm. And you sign a consent with any of these other third-party companies. Mm -hmm. Which happened to be the authorities, by the way. That's how they found, what is it, the uh, California Golden State murder, right? They couldn't find this guy forever and a day, and then... He signed up for 23andMeYourAncestry.com and they found him in a database. And oh, another thing, all those people that you lock your phones with your thumbprint, where do you think all those things are going to? Sitting on a server. And there was yep. this guy who um, accessed DNA off of one of these sites and he went and he planted DNA at very what crime scenes? No. To show easy it is to mess with like crime scenes, the police systems, the law systems, like your data being out there for anybody to use is it's a security issue. It's a security issue. It's a personal issue. Like there's so many different aspects that this will impact. And the fact that we don't have any laws in place or regulations for these companies to actually follow and protect. Mm -hmm. These are all benefiting them. Right. To actually start speaking up for ourselves, like knowing what's going on and starting to put things in place, protections in place for ourselves because they're not right. doing it for us. So yeah, I think, I think the whole COVID-19 thing is going to be very interesting in the sense that there's going to be a lot of loopholes right. for a while. Information out there, it's, it's being covered in every angle, but the angle for protecting individuals from research 
that comes from our DNA. And I know there's a lot of people currently donating their plasma. Right. Yeah. Their antibodies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Right, the, the antibodies of who have recovered. Have you been asked, by the way, since you told me that you had the symptoms and you recovered and have you been asked about that? Just in, I just would like to know too if they've done that with you. And you're like, hell no. <laughs> asked me yet, but I actually started thinking about that the other day in the sense that if I did partake in the whole antibody testing, what happens to my data? Like, where are they, where are they sending that to get tested? And mm-hmm. am I giving away those rights like automatically just by wanting to know if I did in fact have it? Right. Yeah, and it, can I say no? Hey, don't don't share my information with anybody. Like, does that kind of make it so I can't even get that testing to begin with? So, it's going to be very interesting. That's I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. Well, I think there's a lot of questions that we need to ask, and everybody will say, "Oh, you're always playing the race card," but you know, I really feel this affects people of color because we don't know very much. We have not very many people in STEM fields, but in the medicine and biopharma aspect, but also in tech, which people are monitoring and working with this data. For one, informatics, right? Which is a really big kind of opportunity for a lot of people to get into if you're um, you know, a math person and you like science. I'm always advocating for a lot of our folks to get into these fields because the more people we get into these fields, the trust we build with community, but not only that, we also build trust with wanting, or we have people on the other side advocating for us to say, hey, we have to have these protocols in place We have to make sure culturally we're not overstepping our bounds, right? How do we keep their DNA, you know, sacred or if they don't want to give it to us? I mean, right now there's just so many things going on that, you know, people of color have been perpetrated with a lot of things that are very sacred that it has really broken a serious trust with the system. That's my take. This is all my opinion. But I really would love to have more folks of color get into these fields because this is where we need you the most and you can champion for communities. And this takes me to a book that you and I talked about, speaking of cells and testing and medicine, is The Gila Cell, which is the story of Henrietta Lacks. And that is one book, everybody, if you... I know people have said, oh, I saw it on... HBO and Oprah played, you know, the sister. And yeah, it wasn't that great. The book is awesome, though. The book is really awesome because it really breaks down how this woman, I don't know what it was, but every medicine that you get now, her cells have been the one, the foundation to be tested on. And it is this African-American woman from the 50s who was being tested Mm -hmm. her cells because she had cancer. And back then it was just horrific. It was just horrific, you know, if you had cancer and how the doctors wanted to treat it. Oh, it's just, it's really awful back then. But, and yes, we've come a long way, but they used her cells in the testing of a lot of medicines and they kept sending it to a lot of laboratories saying, this woman's cells 
do not die. They don't, yeah. They don't, and they've been up in space testing a lot of things. So the family has tried to come back and say, hey, there was a woman advocating for them saying, these people deserve rights. They deserve payment because they were never asked. This was all before, so maybe this is part of it too that this came about, but they were never asked to use her cells. They just kept using them. And then when they came back to say, hey, every biopharma in the entire world is testing on her cells. How do we... And they said, nope, sorry, because there's a a statute of limitations and this and that and whatever, and they made it super hard for the family not to get any money. And the family went through hell. And, you know, they just said, fine. And they're just saying, well, you know, she's all over the world. The Gila is all around us. And it's an amazing story. So if anybody has a chance. I, I bawled my eyes out at the, at the end because it was just so devastating to the family. But this is one thing that we have to understand. It's so hard for us to know our rights, especially if we speak a different language, right? So when you speak a different language, like Spanish or Vietnamese or any other language coming from another country, Russian, whatever, you know, how you came here and you don't speak English and you try to go to the doctor, sometimes we're afraid to go to the doctor because we don't know what's going to happen. And that trust with the healthcare system has been totally broken by the government. So it's very systemic. And I think when we hear about all these things and our data privacy, you know, not being really presented to us and how it's being used, and you know what we're doing it's slowly coming out you know people like you but also i think that guy snowden was one of the first people that came out to say hey this is what's happening people <laughs> yeah it's insane right yeah so i want to hear your take on that because you like you said you are in the data you are a, i want to say you're a data nerd are you a data nerd <laughs> yeah man back to school next week. I'm starting my graduate program, so I'll be back in it. But I, I like data. I like, I like seeing what's going on and why mm-hmm. and figuring out what's connected, mm-hmm. I think, the important part. So the Henrietta, Henrietta Lacks um, story, I believe that even currently her family still has issues like getting health insurance. Yeah, they can't get health insurance. They're poor. They live in the South. They've been on social services. And even that health care is not really readily available to them because they need a lot of mental health services and health care services. That, you know, so it's just, it's just like I said, I, I, I cried my eyes out about over that book. And here we are today with 23andMe, And we're just freely giving it away. And when you buy a new phone, everybody, and you think, oh, I got to get the coolest iPhone. I got to get the next, you know, G whatever phone and the camera. Yeah, do it. But know what you're doing, right? Yeah, you can get it. But there's also things that you should do once you get that phone. So you can do things like turning off the analytics. Mm. And how do we do that? Go into your settings. Everybody go into your settings on your phone. (laughs) I'm not really sure if it does anything. Like if you say no to something actually stops them from using the data or collecting the data in some way. But Mm -hmm. 
it doesn't hurt to just go turn them off. Mm-hmm. Okay, like TikTok recently has become a, a big thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are just using it and posting videos all the time. But in the background, TikTok is collecting data on where you're going, what you're talking about. Like it's... Yep. Yeah. Also, turn off your camera access to everything on your apps. Like turn that off. Cover your your phone camera. Turn the microfo- microphone access off. It has to a- make it so it has to ask you. Right. And I use your microphone. And just do all of those little things that are kind of protections that make it a little bit more difficult at the very least so right you can get the new iphone go ahead Uh, (laughs) (laughs) give it your fingerprint (laughs) yeah use your fingerprint and uh what else oh the eye scan and all that stuff i mean i i use the phone a lot but i do i have a lot of because i know i turn a lot of those things off but except when we're recording and I forget to turn my phone off and you hear the phone ringing. But um, I think that it's really important for people to understand how they can protect themselves and to kind of, you know, you can't, everybody's like, oh, you know, we'll never get away from it. So just forget it. I'm just going to do whatever. But if people go hardcore and they're like, I'm totally going off the grid. If, you know, when they say I'm not connecting to anything. Yeah, but if, you guys have those electric cars with uh, all the gizmos in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you need to buy like an old 1956 truck <laughs> that has like no electronics. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe Cuba is smarter than we are. <laughs> That's what I want to say right now. Maybe Cuba is smarter than we are right now. So one of the last things I want to bring up with you, uh, Lydia, is, you know, we as women use the phone the most, right? I want to say we do. We use it for a lot of sharing of information. And a lot of people think because you delete stuff, you know, on Instagram or any any of those services, you're like, oh, it goes away after 10 seconds or... I deleted that and closed my account and downloaded all my data and this, that, and the other. No, it it still lives on the back end because you, let's just say you you have a warm heart again and you say and you fall back in love with technology and you restart your account, all your stuff is there again. Correct? Yeah, uh, for the most part, they may not provide it to you, but it's it's out there still, at least. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're just educating you here, folks. We're not trying to scare you, but this is what creepy tech is all about. (laughs) Yes, be informed. To be informed, not to be afraid. And I think the data privacy coming up in our COVID-19 testing, ask questions, you know, ask the questions that, you know, how is my data being used for this? We do need to understand how this disease came about how it's affecting our communities the most. It is spreading the most through our communities, you know, black and brown. And we need to get ahead of this, but we also need to ask the right questions and we need to be involved with working as a partnership with medicine and technology in these areas. 
And we can't do that really efficiently if we don't have enough people behind, again, that line, building the trust with community. Because there has been a lot of testing in the community that has gone really wrong. And there's a lot of history there about that, which we know, right? A lot of testing, Tuskegee, and we just brought up, you know, Henrietta Lacks. And there's numerous cases even in brown community and Native American communities. So, and we're the highest affected in this COVID era. So the faster we learn and we get up to speed on this and how we can ask the right questions, I would say educate yourself. There's a library. If you don't want to be tracked about what you're looking at, go to your local library. There's free information there. Yep. A lot of free things. You can even watch movies and and audiobooks for free. And, you know, the library is the, you know, source if you want to go old school. If you want to seriously get off grid, I mean, they do kind of check your checkout of the books and stuff, but... (laughs) (laughs) You can just read... Library. Like, why is she reading that book? Why are they reading that book? VPN (laughs) for your phone and your laptop and your, like, home computer and just make sure that you're paying for the service so that they're not selling your information as the product to service. Right. And just so people know, VPN is Virtual Private Network. And what that means, it's an extra level of security around your browsing and your bandwidth, right? Your Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Because there are some folks out there that are actually uh, trying to scrape your data. Not only that, you're and, a service provider too. So. Yeah, yeah. So this gives you another level of protection around what you're doing. A lot of people think it's there's good and bad uh, around that. So just, again, this is for your awareness. This is how to protect yourself. And we want you to become educated. So if you want to know more about this, you can go to Creepy Tech and learn about this through Lydia's podcast. And she also has some other interesting pods on there on her directory called Cross Pods. So you can look that up. Is it crosspods.com? Thecrosspods.com, yes. Thecrosspods.com. And her podcast, Creepy Tech, is there. So how do you think we should keep going in this arena? What's some advice you want to give, you know, folks out there since you're in this space? You know, you're one of the few women on the other side, educating yourself about data. You know, there's a lot of elements to how you became involved in this. But I think what you're trying to do also is to educate community through your platform. How do we keep them involved in this? I would say... If you do already have a tech background, just look for organizations and read up on them before you commit to volunteering to help with regulation. Or if you have a law background, start looking at how you can assist developing these regulations. So find organizations that you can read through their privacy policies, terms of agreement. You can ask them questions and figure out how you could be a part of developing these regulations. That would be the one way. If you are just interested in tech, you don't have the educational background or you're not in a place in the industry that you would like to be, just start working towards that because that's very important. It's representation matters at the end of the day, like us being there. Absolutely. So find a way to get yourself into the industry and then 
protect yourself at the end of the day. If a company tells you, if you ask a question and a company tells you, we don't have an answer for you or they don't have a clear plan in place, you should probably not work with that company. Absolutely. And you don't get an answer that you like or they don't have an answer for you. Don't don't just jump into it thinking that they have your peace of mind or your benefit in mind. So I think that's very important. And read, read a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Read. Yeah. The library, again, is your best friend. So, you know, you mentioned reading a book. I, I know this book and it's very interesting. And if you want to start on the path of how this is your basic right to access information without going through the internet, the internet was told to us that it is democratizing everybody to have access to information, but your information is being used. Books are the way. So there's a book that kind of leads us on this path. It's a radical book. It was written you know, way back in the day when, you know, the hippies were, you know, really paving the way in the civil rights movement. I mean, a lot of that really comes to us today that we should really go back and look at that stuff. And there's a book called The Pedagogy of the Oppressed. Do you know that book? Uh, Yeah. It's a heavy book. It's by uh, Paulo uh, Freire, and he is a Brazilian and a philosopher, but he's an educator and he starts talking about Education is the basic foundation of freedom and your creativity that you have absolute rights to. And you can use that to build the groundswell to change things. And that's how you create movements. It's a heavy book. And I think, you know, what he says here, which is a great quote that I want to leave with, is that he says, washing one's hands of the conflict between the powerful and the powerless means to side with the powerful. It doesn't mean you're being neutral. Like if you don't make a choice, it's still a choice, but that still means you're siding with the powerful if you just say, I'm walking away from this. So it's a heavy book. It's awesome though. And it's really a a foundational for if you want to know, it just kind of motivates you to have a movement or to start one and to organize if you really want to get into not just tech or medicine, but advocating rights for your community. You know, it necessarily doesn't have to be in this realm, but we're just letting you know that there's another system out there that we should be aware of. Right. That we love our phones and we love to do selfies and we love to make the videos and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, Facebook, a whole, you know, I was there too. I saw a lot of stuff and there's a lot going on there. We didn't have time to get into that. But just educate yourselves. And I think that's the, the foundation of what you and I are coming to here on our podcast is we're elevating this platform to really educate folks and women and to say, keep going, push forward, you know, push the envelope. Let's keep pushing the limits of education. Education is foundational and we should be fighting for that right in every way possible. Agree completely. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Lydia, for coming on. I hope we can do this again. I know I'm going to pick another cool topic with you. And thank you for letting me be on your directory, by the way. I'm also on your directory. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for jumping in. Yeah, it was a good surprise to see. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you. No, I mean, we we have to, you know, align ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. It can't be just brown folks and black folks. We got to start coming together. And that's one thing that I keep saying. 
we got to build that bridge. And I feel like this is another way. So thank you again for joining me on Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom because we all come from a block somewhere and we're making it to the boardroom. And if you don't get to the boardroom, build your own goddamn boardroom. Yeah. So I'll see you later, lady. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Okay. Take care. Bye. Thanks everyone for listening to this creepy tech Latinas from the block to the boardroom podcast. If you'd like more information on the creepy tech podcast, you can go to thecrosspods.com and there are other podcasts there which you can listen to and subscribe. But please subscribe to Latinas from the block to the boardroom on all your podcasting platforms. And if you have any questions, please email me at info at latinasb2b.com. Thanks, everyone. Gracias.